live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. The world is run by computers. The world is run by robots. And sometimes they ask us if we're a robot just because we're trying to log on and look at our own stuff. This is the Press Box. I didn't know that. If you keep having me sign in and saying, are you a robot? I got to pick out like the stoplights. I got to pick out the freaking trees. I got to pick out all these crosswalks. I just want to know when my damn Dodger gear is on the way, all right? With Graney and Bischoff. Passwords have passed. You've correctly guessed. But now it's time for the robot test. On ESPN Las Vegas. Haven't had any tests lately. Robot test. Now it just says, are you a robot? I say no, and it lets me in. Maybe they just, gave, maybe they just gave up. They're getting soft Yeah, maybe on they you. just gave up. And you don't have to push buttons for trees anymore. I want you to find the crosswalks, though. That's so much more fun. <laughs> Wait, did you guys ever get the one that I saw? The you got to put the puzzle piece in the empty spot. I don't no. think so. No, oh. no. It's like you have like a puzzle, and there's one piece missing, and you have to dr- drag the missing piece to the open spot. On Is the it puzzle. easier? Do they give you like ten choices on which piece you do? No, there's only one piece. Oh, so you know what you're doing? Yeah, it's, it's like Wordle. Yeah. Okay, so literally, what is it called? Boston Dynamics has a dog out here running around, but moving a puzzle piece is like, that breaks robots? I'm pretty sure the robots from Boston Dynamics would just do a backflip and break the laptop. (laughs) I don't think they're designed to move mouse cursors. I think they're just out there to make us look weak and inferior. Three for three on Wordle. Today? No, the last three. The last three days. You miss them at times? Oh, I've missed them before. Oh. Yeah, don't I panic. just assumed everybody got them right. Oh, no. Oh. No, 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 no. I guess I've never seen somebody tweet out their Wordle no, score. No, they're never they going to. No. Yeah, you don't tweet it out if you got it <laughs> I wrong. I don't tweet it out regardless of anything, but you don't, I don't think you tweet it out if you miss everything because you don't look very smart. Yeah, if it, it takes though. you more than four, you don't tweet it out at all. Oh, right. I see lots of people who tweet out six, and they're like, oh, poor effort today, like they're a coach at a press conference afterwards. Oh, I, I will say this. Wordle I've gotten game. the last three, but it's taken me to the last one. So, at least I got it, though. All right. The first bite. Showed some fight at the end to get it to pull yes. it out. And I, I, I pour over it, man. I, I sit there for hours. Today's first bite is brought to you by a water bottle, from what I can see. Will the Raiders make a better hire than the Broncos? The Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett. That is being reported this morning by Adam Schefter. Yeah, I mean, everyone... I mean, I I know so many people who love Nathaniel Hackett because he was the offensive coordinator of the Packers. Now, let me ask you this. Um, I'm totally honest here. Did Nathaniel Hackett or Matt LaFleur call plays? Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> so the I don't think it was Nathaniel Hackett. No, no. So I'm I, pretty he, positive it was okay. Matt LaFleur. He might be great. He might be great. But I always reserve judgment, and I know he's in Jacksonville. I always reserve judgment on these guys until I actually see them as a head coach. Because all I've heard all morning is, oh, you know, master offensive coordinator, had Aaron Rodgers. I don't really know what that means when you're not the one calling plays. I mean, I mean look, he might be great. I, I don't know anything about him other than I know a bunch of people who like his analytical mind, who thinks he's far ahead with the analytics. Um, I think Adam Hill, our buddy here at the station, my buddy at the paper, loves the guy for that reason. But I can't tell you the Raiders aren't going to make a better or worse hire than him. Can you? I, I, what if they I, hired Jim Harbaugh or Brian Flores? 
This is what I find well, interesting. They've made a better hire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they might make a better hire with Josh McDaniels for all we know. So what's interesting is that like Brian Flores gets fired, and everybody's like, "Oh, massive mistake by the Dolphins." Brian Flores getting scooped up immediately. Brian yeah. Flores has not been scooped up. Now, Rex Ryan, I'll have a job in five minutes. There's still plenty of openings, right? Brian Flores might still end up getting one, but it's interesting that he hasn't been hired yet. It's interesting that Nathaniel Hackett and kind of Byron Leftwich was reported as hired. And then they interviewed Nathaniel Hackett again. And then Nathaniel right. Hackett took the Broncos job. So it's probably uh, uh, Byron Leftwich there, but it's, it's just interesting that we haven't seen Flores hired and nothing's really come of the Jim Harbaugh rumors, except for no. Jim Harbaugh being like, Hey, pastor, man, tell 24 seven sports that I might take the Raiders job if they come calling. So it's, it's interesting because I, I don't know what to make of Nathaniel Hackett, but I think the Raiders absolutely have a chance to hire somebody with a better resume than Nathaniel Hackett. Like if you hire Brian Flores, if you hire Jim Harbaugh, you're hiring somebody with a better resume than Nathaniel Hackett. If you go hire another coordinator, you're basically hiring the same guys, Nathaniel Hackett, and we'll see which coordinator actually works out. Do you put anything into, and I have not seen this because I don't think it's happened, that Jim Harbaugh has not signed an extension in Michigan? Because that was the rumor or the reports last week that he was about to sign a big extension, but he hasn't done that. I mean, I well, maybe I that might. takes time. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with he's holding out to see if he gets an interview or if he's the guy here. I might put into it that he's using any NFL rumors as leverage, leverage. to get more money out of Michigan. Okay. I would think that more likely than him not signing an extension means he's coming to the Raiders because – College football coaches don't care when they sign extensions. They sign extensions and they'll leave whenever they get a better offer. Right. Like Desiree Reed Francois, an athletic director, she signed an extension and left for Missouri like four months later. So, no, I would I would think that's more leverage and leads you more to believe that Jim Harbaugh might not be as serious about taking an NFL job right. and is just using all of the rumors to period, get the money he wants to get more money out of Michigan because also you know. Mel Tucker, a coach in the same state as him, got a 10-year, $95 million deal despite being worse than Jim Harbaugh And he's lost year. half his team to the portal already. <laughs> I don't, isn't that funny that Mel Tucker got that huge deal? Every day I see a Michigan State kid has transferred. One to UNLV, <laughs> UNLV I believe. Got one. UNLV got one. They made them. a trade. Jacoby Winman for that That's wide true. receiver coming back. Good trade. Um, but, yeah, it's I think with Harbaugh, it, it might simply be more leverage because... We haven't really heard anything a little bit about Harbaugh. He hasn't gotten no. an, an I mean in a minute. Does he get an interview? I mean, if he wants one, I would assume if he if he if he puts it in Mark Davis's ear that I'd like to interview this for this job, I can't believe Davis wouldn't at least talk right. to him. Now maybe it has nothing maybe it goes nowhere, but you'd have to talk to him yeah. if you understand he's interested. Because if you're Harbaugh and if you are going the leverage play to try to get more money out of Michigan. Take it to the end. You would want an interview with the Raiders, right. and you'd want everybody to know you interviewed with the Raiders. Right. So we would hear about it, and we'd be like, oh, boy, the Raiders are hiring Jim Harbaugh, and the Michigan would be like, oh, we better give this guy 10 years, $96 million to keep him happy. So I, the Harbaugh thing's interesting because it appears as though there's got to be some legitimacy, legitimacy to it because of how many reports there have been, but it also feels like it might just be Harbaugh trying to get his name out there for leverage. On the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator, do you believe at all this helps them get Aaron Rodgers? I mean, to a very, very small sense. I don't think it was a package deal like everyone's saying Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels could be to the Raiders. I think it's a small sense. And again, 
we've said this over and over again, and uh, you mentioned the other day, he's under contract. He's under contract with the Packers. It's not like he has a choice like, oh, Nathaniel, man, he's my guy. I'm going right. to Denver. I guess he could force a move. But not to but, a specific team. No, I mean, you if 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 it's if he's known on the open market, I'm sorry, the Broncos would not be the only ones lining up right. with offers for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm, right. if I'm the Packers and I'm going to lose them, I'm taking the best offer. Yes, and that's like that's part of this whole Aaron Rodgers conversation that I have not understood. Why people have been acting like he gets to choose his next destination? Right. If he, he can, plays, he can choose retirement. Right. But he's under contract with the Packers, and I like. Adam Schefter was on ESPN the other day talking about, well, Aaron Rodgers is going to control where he plays next year. And I was like, how? I, I don't understand how unless there's – is there like a clause in his contract that says – If you I, move me, I can decide here right, the five teams I, that like, I can go? I don't – like I don't understand it because it's the a clause Packers, I don't think anyone has. Exactly. So Because like if you're the Packers right now, there's zero reason for you to want to trade Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, yes, you're over the salary cap, but like we talked about this earlier in the week, figure it out. You can, you can lose some of the guys off the roster. You're still the best team in the NFC North. You're still getting a top four seed in the NFC. You still might, hell, you might end up getting the one seed again, and you're going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. Your team's not going to be as good as it was this year, but it's still a Super Bowl contender. And to throw away a year of being a Super Bowl contender would be stupid. Now, Rogers holding out or something. I don't know. All of it would just be stupid to me. And the other part of this is if you're Aaron Rodgers, I don't think there's that many teams that give him a better chance at winning the Super Bowl than the Packers do. Well, I don't think the Broncos do. Right. Because, like, take the Broncos as an example. If he were, if you just put Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos, Broncos have a pretty solid roster. Quarterback plays yeah. atrocious. They have a pretty solid roster. The Broncos are good. The Broncos are, are a playoff team, most likely. But they're still second best in the division. Right. More than likely, you're not getting the AFC West title. More than likely, you're not getting one of the top four seeds. More than likely, you're a wild card team that's going to have to win three games on the road just to get there to get to the Super Bowl. And that is, you know, very unlikely for things like that to happen. I know San Francisco might do it, but like it's unlikely for you to win three straight road games. So it's just like there's very few teams. Like if you went through the entire NFL. There's just very few teams that I think would give Aaron Rodgers a better shot at winning the Super Bowl right. than the situation in Green Bay. Like, you could go through them, and like I, Jared mentioned one yesterday, the Colts, they'd be the clear favorite in that division, and the Colts had a pretty good roster too, right? The, like, 49ers maybe, if they decided to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and not give Trey Lance a shot, I think that's one where they'd have a, he'd be instantly the best team in the NFC West. Outside of that, I don't I don't know where else yeah. you go that you're immediately the favorite. Maybe if Tom Brady retires and you go to Tampa, right? You just take over there. That'd be actually really funny if that happened. But like there's so few teams out there that I think give them a better shot at winning the Super Bowl than what Green Bay has that it doesn't I don't know. I just don't understand the idea that Aaron Rodgers A is going to choose his next destination and that there's even many destinations he would want to go to if his goal was to win a Super Bowl. I just have a feeling he's going to push the envelope and, and force them to make a trade. But again, if I'm them, I'm taking the best offer. Now, again, maybe Nathaniel Hackett goes to his new boss and say, we have to have him. Just give him everything. Give him, give him everything. We have to have him. And, and they the do. Thing, if you're Denver and you do that, is your roster even good no. anymore? Like, I don't know if you give up picks or if you, you give up you players. You could be behind the Chargers also. Right. But, like, if you give up enough significant pieces, you're all of a sudden saying, well, we're the third best team in the division with Aaron Rodgers. How the hell did that happen? Like, I just, 
It doesn't to me the most logical scenario is Aaron Rodgers plays for the Packers again next year. I that's just to me the most logical thing that happens here. And until something changes, until the Packers come out and say, Yeah, we'll trade him wherever the hell he wants, I don't understand why that wouldn't happen. I think both sides have motivation for Aaron Rodgers to be a Green Bay Packer. Mm-hmm. Next season. Well, especially after the, what do you say after the season? I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Well, if he goes somewhere, like you said, and you have to give up the farm to get him, you're part of a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, you might not be a total rebuild, but you're not going to be the best yeah. team in any division. And granted, he didn't say, I want to play for a Super Bowl contender. But when you say, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild, well, you want to be a part of a playoff team thing. that has a chance. Right. And that's why you've got to take into consideration, oh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are in the same division as the Broncos right. and the Raiders. So, why the hell would I go to either right. one of those teams when just to win my division, I've got to beat that guy, right? He's His entire career has been, who's been the best quarterback in his division his entire career? Jay Cutler. Stafford, Cutler, Kirk Cousins. Mm. Who's been the Vikings Case best quarterback? Keenum. Case Keenum. <laughs> like, Case do you remember Keenum. The, the, the Minneapolis <laughs> miracle? It was Case Keenum. Like, he hasn't had to deal with another good Great team in the division. Like, yeah, they haven't won it every single year, but they haven't had to deal with a Mahomes in the division. So I just can't he imagine. Was the he, Mahomes right. in the division. He I was. just can't imagine he would want to go to Denver given the division they're in. Did you guys see the great news? Is it news? I, he I mean, hadn't done it, it yet. Okay. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, I wanted I wanted to be official because I got something else ready. Ben Roethlisberger officially retired. Oh man, what a shock. I didn't know it was Garrett not official. Dancing. I didn't know it wasn't official. I assume he had like the going away party. He didn't even want to play in the playoffs. Here. No, he was like, "We're gonna lose by 20. And he and he had the going away party at, at the stadium yeah. in that last game where they uh, won to when they beat. I think they beat Baltimore. Well, good for Ben, I guess. We no longer have to watch Ben Roethlisberger struggle to play quarterback. Why is not everyone excited? Coming up next. Major League Baseball, they really don't like the players. There is a silent terror in baseball, one which has never come to pass in the real world. It's the Press Box with Brady Bishop on ESPN Las Vegas. The terror is this. There's no guarantee that a baseball game will ever end. There's no clock. It's absolutely possible for a pitcher to be so ineffective that outs are never reported, and the game marches on, locked in a death spiral until the end of time. Major League Baseball, if it wasn't like at the threat of not having games, might be the funniest negotiators on the face of the earth. Because there's, okay, there's a bunch of different ways that Major League Baseball's Players Association wants the players to get paid more. Uh, but in general, they want the players to get paid more. That's what they, they want. They want more share yes, of the revenue. That's, that's yeah. what the, there's a lockout for because yeah. they can't agree about money. money. So... One of the ways that players can get money is through arbitration. Mm -hmm. And so because baseball is set up in such a horrible way for young players, you have guys that get called up to the big leagues. And then for the first couple of years, they don't get to go to arbitration, right? right? After I think three years for most of them, they get to go to arbitration and either the team and the player agree, or they go to a third party and that person decides what the player's salary is. And generally it's a, fairer salary than what you get before, but it's still not market value. And it's still usually one year, uh, not a long-term deal. So 
Major League Baseball's Players Association has suggested for players that are before arbitration, guys that are just making the minimum salary for the first couple of years, they've suggested that, hey, the best 30 players that are pre-arbitration, there's going to be a pool of $105 million that will be split up amongst those 30 players. So basically, because a lot of the times teams will have like one of their two best players will be pre-arbitration, a guy that's 26 or five years old, and he's making the league minimum, and he's the best player on the team, right? right? The Players Association is like, well, for those type of players, they should be making more money. Let's put a pool together of $105 million. Major League Baseball's owners counter-offered, saying, that sounds nice. How about $10 million in that pool? (laughs) (laughs) They're just not giving in. This is absolutely preposterous. I will say the one bit of credit I would give the owners is they do appear to agree. Okay. We'll give them some more money. Like they, like they could have said, yeah, you time. They could have said, no, we're not doing this. We're leaving it the way it was, but they did agree to say, Hey, we'll give them some money, but they offered 10 instead of, you know, closer to 105. No, this is no, it would have been better. Had they said, you're right. It probably would have been because this is just a, uh, Tim, isn't that what you make uh, on interest in that uh, like sixth account your wife doesn't know about? All right, yeah, yeah, we'll give them uh, we'll give them the interest money. <laughs> and then Major League Baseball's Players Association also would like to raise the minimum salary. Currently, six hundred thousand uh, dollars. The Players Association wants the minimum salary for first year players to be seven hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Major League Baseball counter offered. And they offered $615,000 more. <laughs> With taxes, it's not that much. I mean, they're, they're telling them, keep keep up at this. Keep up at this. You're not going to win. We're not going to give you any more money. And let's see who, you know, let's see who calls each other's bluff first. Because we know who's going to do that. It's going to be you because we're going to hold out as long as we want. Again, like... If it wasn't be, if it wasn't the fear of like, hey, we're gonna miss games or like players, you know, not getting their fair share, it would just be absolutely hilarious the way they're negotiating. Yeah. Like, because they're like again, a hundred and five million, and they countered with ten million dollars for the entire pool, and a raise of a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, and they countered with a raise of fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> well, now we got to pay all these minor leaguers. We used to be able to pay them like four grand a year. They don't, they don't have to pay them yet. Oh, they don't have to pay them well, yet? Well, the minor leaguers have nothing to do with this. That's why minor leaguers get screwed, because they're not in the Players Association. Well, I thought that basically the public shamed the owners into like, hey, you don't have to pay them a living wage, but could you at least pay for their hotels? Right, but they didn't. Not all the teams did that yet. Right. Jesus. I think it would. I know during the season last year, there were a whole bunch of stories about like players sleeping yeah. in cars, like yeah. six players sharing a two bedroom apartment. There was one story where players there was one where it's like players lost money when they had to play at home because the rent they were paying was less than their monthly salary right. when they were at home or whatever it was. And I remember it was the Nationals and the Astros in the middle of last season said, we're, we're just paying for housing for all of our players, which is like just so low. Like that's such a low baseline of what you're going to provide to guys that are making like 20, what is it? $20,000 yeah. to play minor league baseball in some instances. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you your own room in an apartment complex somewhere. And 
Corpus Christi, Texas, or wherever the hell these minor league teams are. But that's all I remember being, like, official. I don't remember an official, hey, all the teams are going to do blank for minor leaguers. Okay, I was just making, like... These owners are so cheap that they're like, now we have to pay for apartments in Corpus Christi. 15 grand. You should be happy. Yeah. (laughs) Do you you think the the owners are serious about they'll go ahead and miss games? Probably. Oh, I I absolutely do. Because they're going to win this. I mean, because they always win these. So the Athletic reported that I think this was on the, the Monday meeting this week that the deputy commissioner, Dan Hallam, said that Major League Baseball is willing to lose games over some of the outstanding issues the sides have. So Major League Baseball, apparently at one of these meetings, said out loud, yeah, we'll miss games. And uh, apparently sources that talk to the athletic from the Players Association were like taken aback as to like, we just started talking to you. Why are you already throwing out, ah, we're going to miss games? Like it's January 25th. Like, we, you don't need to be threatening missing games yet. We all know that's the end game here if we don't get anything agreed to. But, yeah, I would think the owner side of things would probably be willing to. I mean, if if the Players Association says, no, we you know, have to have $105 million in this pool for arbitration players. We have to have the minimum salary to seven seventy five. Seven seventy five. They have. We still don't know what they want in revenue sharing. Right. Like, we still haven't heard this the actual details. This is just a details. very small... Right issue of what they want really because the veterans want a bigger share of the right. revenue so like we still haven't really gotten to that so well, i absolutely if this is that. any indication <laughs> then the revenue sharing is not going to go well for the players if this is any indication is what the what is what the owners are willing to give up money wise we want 105 million dollars here's 10 how about 10 10 million dollars from that group of of individuals with the money they have <laughs> It's it's staggering. Are they saying ten million because <laughs> of the that, pandemic? Are they going to blame the pandemic this, on this? Yeah, again? this is these are the same people that were like, "Well, do you understand how much of like how much our profits went down?" Yeah. And it's like you still made money. Sure. Do you not know what the like? Sure. Do you think the players don't understand what the word profit yes. means? Yeah, it's listen. It's funny. It's sad, but it's funny. It's one of the funniest Have, negotiation things I've ever heard. Has it come back around yet? Where public opinion has gone like. These players need to figure it out and accept the money that Mr. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Well, uh, I haven't seen that. I think, I mean, there's obviously people that are like, shut up and play. You're getting paid. Oh, yeah. Plenty of money. There's I'd love to make like that, that salary. Yeah. But I do think, Jared, I do think most comments I see are more pro player no, than anti owner. Yeah. Anti billionaire. I feel like we have started to see a pretty significant yeah. swing to where. People blame the owners more than they blame Well, and the when you see now. numbers like this, how can't you? <laughs> how can't you see we want 105 no, it, we'll give you $10 million? How can't you th- say, wait a minute? This is after your 90-day uh, probationary period, we will put you up to $15 an hour. And then at 90 days go by, and they're like, eh, we, well, we're going to give you a 15-cent raise. Yeah. And it's <laughs> this just is the like, percentage. Uh, sorry? All right. Coming up next, Miles Simmons joins the show. Deion Sanders for the next Cowboys coach. Put it out. Tweet it, damn it, TikTok it, Instagram it, OnlyFans it, put it out. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now is Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk. Follow him on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons. Good morning, Miles. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Bronco in 24 hours? Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Officially, he won't, but who knows? You know, this thing may uh, 
start heating up over the course of the next week or so because it just seems like Aaron Rodgers wants more and more attention. So why not give it to him? <laughs> what it, I mean, I, we have people here who say, oh, Nathaniel Hackett, Mr. Analytics, and God, everyone needed to scoop him up. The Broncos finally did. I always contend, well, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Matt Flavor called play, so I'm always kind of pausing to see how good a guy really is uh, when he comes from a situation like that. He obviously dealt with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. It's like Tyler made the the joke, maybe Aaron Rodgers called plays. So when you saw this out there about this guy, what, what do you think about the hire? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a decent hire for them, um, especially if it will help them bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, the, the problem with the Broncos has been their offense more than their defense. When you look at guys like Pat Shermer, who was their coordinator for the last couple of years, it's kind of easy to understand why that offense wasn't very good. Because what has Pat Shermer done in the last, I don't know, decade that makes you feel like he's going to be good at coaching offense? Probably not very much. So, I mean, whether they continue with Teddy Bridgewater, whether they go with somebody like Drew Locke, whether they are able to bring in Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense that you would bring in a guy like Nathaniel Hackett where – you feel better about the direction and the scheme that your offense is going to play because you already have a decent defense. And if things go the direction like they're looking and they bring in somebody uh, like the Rams uh, safety's coach and secondary coach, I'm not quite sure what his title is anymore, uh, Ijiro Evero, he's been coaching that big Fangio scheme basically down there in Los Angeles. So you get that continuity with the defense. That defense is already good. And then you also now are being able to elevate your offense. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Broncos from that standpoint. Uh, on the Aaron Rodgers side of this, like based on just division, wh- how many teams can he go to and actually have a better chance to win the Super Bowl than Green Bay? That's a really good question because I don't know that going to the Broncos is actually a path that get, that makes it easier for him to make it to the Super Bowl. And think of all the young, good quarterbacks that you have right now in the AFC, we're going to see two of them on Sunday in, uh, in, in uh, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And you also have Justin Herbert in that division. So I mean, that's one thing. I mean, think about Baltimore, too, right? If Lamar Jackson gets right, as I think we all kind of expect him to, and that's another one of these young, dynamic quarterbacks that can go in there and make something happen. Josh Allen with the Bills. The Patriots probably are only going to continue to get better. So... When you have a division like you do in the NFC North, where you've got the Lions, who have the second longest tenured head coach now in Dan Campbell, like I don't really feel like there's a better place that you can be to win than there. All right, you mentioned a lot of people, and not not Derek Carr. Come on, well, how, how did you miss Big DC? Oh, wait a minute, miss- who knows if Derek Carr is going to be there? Right? You know, there's a decision that they've got to make. And whatever's going on in this Raiders GM and coaching search, which is being kept pretty tightly under wraps, like that's going to have a big effect on whether or not Derek Carr is the quarterback next year of the Las Vegas Raiders. Who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers wants to come in, and he could be the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. We don't know yet. What do you make of the Raiders search? Granted, we might not know very many of the details here because it maybe it's secretive, or maybe they just don't know what they're doing, but... They're kind of interviewing coaches and GMs at the same time. Like, what, like, what do you make of what Mark Davis is doing at the moment? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know because, I, I, you know, I, I don't really know what direction that they seem to want to go when it comes to either hiring a GM 
who hires the coach or getting a coach-centric operation sort of like it was under John Gruden. You know, and I, I don't – it's not a bad thing necessarily that we don't know what Mark Davis's intentions are, but it's kind of hard to judge the process when you don't know what the process is, if that makes any sense. I mean, I, I, you know, like I don't like being – we got to wait and see until we know anything. But, like, we kind of do in this particular case because it, it, there's just not that much information to go off of. And it, it seems like they're trying to interview people who have at least some level of experience in, I don't know, do, bringing in players and, you know, try they're trying to pick different people's brains. But, yeah, like I said, it's kind of hard to judge it until – we know something more than we already know. I mean, especially because Mark Davis hasn't really spoken publicly about it at all. Yeah, and after what just happened and the nonsense and drama of last season, wouldn't you think you go the standard way and go GM and let him do all the off-field, you know, whether it's the draft and free agency and just kind of have the CEO coach on the field? I, I think that that would probably be a good decision. Um, I mean, and especially given how things worked out with Mike Mayock, you know, where – Mike Mayock is basically sent out there to be the cleanup guy and, you know, make a sense of all these messes of which he created. You know, whether you want to call it John Gruden, Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, I mean, all of those things did not necessarily have to do with him, but he was the one speaking for the organization. So I think Mark Davis has to find somebody that he feels comfortable entrusting the organization to and to, to speak for the organization. Obviously, he felt that comfort with John Gruden, right? But that didn't quite work out. So now you, you have to reset things and see if you can find that person again, whether it's, you know, a head coach that comes in and is the czar or it's the GM. It's got to be somebody. On the games this weekend, does it feel like we've written off Joe Burrow and the Bengals like, too quickly here, like, good job, you made it to the AFC title game, but you're losing to the Chiefs? Yeah, a little. Um, but, like, there are different reasons for it. If, if the Chiefs' pass protection is so bad, excuse me, if, if the Bengals' pass protection is so bad again this weekend against the Chiefs that Burrow's getting sacked five-plus times, then the, then the Chiefs are going to win that game, right? They don't have the same problems as, the Titans do when it comes to offensive execution. <laughs> I mean, all of these things that we talked about, you know, from the Chiefs earlier in the season, like what's wrong with them, they're not scoring, they're doing this, they're doing that. They've figured that stuff out. You know, they don't have any problems now going down the field and scoring, whether it's improvising with 13 seconds left or you put a good drive together that's methodical. Um, and when the Bengals defeated the Chiefs uh, earlier this month in Week 17, there were a lot of things that happened in the second half where it was like, okay, the, the Bengals are taking advantage of what they've got, right? They got that late penalty that allowed them to basically just kick the field goal with no time left on the clock. So uh, going into Arrowhead is a different kind of deal, you know, and I know Joe Burrow's played in really, really big games, and I'm not trying to write Joe Burrow off. But that pass protection has got to be, got to be, got to be way better against interior pass rushers like Chris Jones if the Bengals are going to win this game. How upset will you be if it goes to overtime, Mahomes gets the flip, and they go and win it, and it's over? <laughs> I will not be upset. I, I don't look. I, I, I'm one of these guys that's like, you know what? Stop them. Play defense. Especially if you're the Bills last week. I, I understand that, you know, it's overtime, this, this, and that. But, dude, there were 13 seconds left on that clock. 
You had you, all they had to do was stop them for two plays, and the Bills couldn't do that and win it in regulation. So I understand that like the coin flip is not exactly fair, but offense isn't the only phase of the game. You have a chance to win on defense. And I also understand that you know like teams are ten and one or whatever it is when in in overtime the playoffs and you know when they have a chance to just go down the field. The one time it didn't was in that 2018 NFC Championship game um, with the Rams and the Saints where they forced an interception on Drew Brees and then Greg Zerline sends them in the Super Bowl with a 57-yard field goal. So, like, I, I understand why people complain about it, but personally it doesn't bother me. Uh, how much do you put into the 6-0 and run the 49ers are on against the Rams? Like, does that really matter that they've won six straight in that matchup? I think it does, yeah, it, because there are a lot of reasons for it, right? The 49ers are a physical team, um, and Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, they know each other extremely well. But Kyle Shanahan just seems to understand exactly how to stop the Rams' offense while also attacking the weak points of the Rams' defense. It, it's really – he's just got the best counterpunches, and so from that standpoint, yeah, I think it does matter. And also I think it matters – because the 49er fans are going to invade SoFi Stadium. I don't think it's going to be the same as it was in Week 17, or excuse me, Week 18, where you know it's the last game of the regular season and the 49ers are fighting for their playoff lives and everything happened the way that did. But I think it could be more like a neutral site game where it's like 50-50 crowd, and it's going to be loud for both teams. But the Rams have got to be able to figure out how to not just get a lead, but sustain a lead, because that happened. You know, they have been lulled in those games, um, one against the 49ers, and then last week, obviously, against the Buccaneers, where you allow them to come back and tie the game from being down 27-3. to You cannot have those things happen if you want to get to the Super Bowl. Are you as shocked as all of us this morning that Ben Roethlisberger has announced his retirement? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. It's the most stunning thing that I've heard in the last few weeks. No, I mean, look. Ben maybe should have retired after last season. Um, I mean, he they made it to the playoffs, but it's not like Roethlisberger was any kind of effective this year. The Steelers are a fascinating place right now because they obviously need a quarterback. I feel like they'd be better off going on, uh, on that veteran QB route, you know, if they wanted to go get one. And maybe Aaron Rodgers could be a guy that could go there based on, you know, the googly eyes that – he and Mike Tomlin were making at each other in that game earlier this season. Is that official reporting, googly eyes? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Put it that line. Well, he is Miles Simmons, the uh, leader on googly eyes reporting. Uh, Miles, as always, we appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, buddy. Of course, gentlemen. Have a good one. You too. So, Miles Simmons there. I love your hypothetical there of the Chiefs winning again in overtime by winning the coin toss and going down and scoring, and I hope they do that in the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl. God, oh, that'd be the funny. Super Bowl. God, that'd be hilarious. The you same team? You're not going to get another game like the Bills, but let's say it's a let's say it's a great game. Let's say it's yeah. the Rams and the Chiefs, and it's a really, really good football game, and you know uh, both teams do well offensively, and someone wins a coin toss and goes down and wins the Super Bowl. Do you remember oh. that Rams-Chiefs game where it was like... 50-something to 50-something oh, yeah. from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Thursday night game, right? Yeah. It was like it was... the greatest Thursday night game ever played. Right. Think about that Super Bowl, and it literally comes yes. down to... Heads. Oh, <laughs> man. I called heads. In all uh, seriousness, if you were playing in a game, and maybe the Bills should have thought this, but if you're playing in a game and it's like 60 to 60 going into overtime, 
and you lose the coin toss, you've got an onside kick, right? I Ooh. mean, it wouldn't be the worst idea. I mean, you only have, what, what is it, like a 10% chance you recover or something? Right. Like, it's very small, but like, you got to onside think of kick, that. right? By the way, if you onside kick and recover, what's the how's the NFL rule written? Can you go kick a field goal and win? Well, did they gain possession? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, you have to have possession of the ball to to then if you don't get the touchdown, the possession goes to the next team. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't know. About know that. I don't think. I it, mean, if he catches the onside kick and you blow him up and he drops it, did he have does possession? Count as possession? It, sh- I don't, it, it should. should right? If he catches the onside oh, kick and he's holding, oh, that's the, ball. the perfect thing we'll need in the Super Bowl. A group of a. Uh, we are reviewing with New York. We will take an official timeout. And then just whoever, I, I guess it would be uh, Collinsworth. Yeah. Just They're like, we are vamping because all we have is a shot of refs with headsets on, staring at each other, shaking their head, going, I, 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 no, I don't understand. All right. Coming up next, we got a fun goalie matchup for the Golden Knights tonight. We do feel that Daniel can play. We've done everything possible to, to, to screw this kid up uh, since he's been here. We keep changing coaches, keep changing offensive coordinators, keep changing offensive line coaches. You know, I take a lot of responsibility for that. But let's bring in the right group of coaches now and, and give him some continuity and try to rebuild the offensive line and then be able to make a, an intelligent uh, uh, evaluation of, of whether he can be the franchise quarterback or not. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Golden Knights play the Florida Panthers tonight. And according to the Florida Panthers, Spencer Knight will be in net against the Vegas Golden Knights. Very exciting. Who? You got to yell Knight during the anthem and everybody will be confused. Do you think Spencer Knight should yell Knight during the anthem? Like just him by himself in the crease? Should do the queen wave. Yes. (laughs) be great i love that this kid's name is knight he's not very good by the way 16 games this year save percentage is under 900 so oh, it's a good one good good night for the golden Knights. big break for the golden knights yeah. if they listen if we're talking tomorrow about well shut out for spencer knight yeah not good not good at all so spencer knight against the golden knights i also very much enjoy that at uh 7 30 ish a.m pacific time the Florida Panthers have already announced their goalie. Meanwhile, the Golden Knights will never no, announce their goalie. No, <laughs> no it'll be uh, Robin Leonard leads the team out for warm-ups. He's starting tonight. 30 minutes before the game starts. Well, I think Florida has a relationship with a casino in Florida, and so they're trying to make sure that the lines don't get skewed. It's important. That's important. Um, also, have you seen this story about the Coyotes? Going to ASU to play the next two or three years? So Craig Morgan is reporting this, uh, gophoenix.com. I can't load the story. I think the website crashed. Um, But basically, the tweet says, the Coyotes are in advanced discussions with Arizona State to use the university's new multi-purpose arena as their temporary home for the next three to four years. The multi-purpose arena that Arizona State is, the new one they have, is primarily for their hockey team. Right, which is a good hockey team. And it seats 5,000 people. Yeah, 5,000 people for an NHL team for three to four years. Is that allowed? I thought that might be a good crowd for the Coyotes. Yeah. <laughs> but is that They're going to sell out. We sold out again tonight. Are they allowed to play at a place know. for that has 5,000 As they build their seats? new arena? 5,000? 
Like the Chargers had to get special permission to play at the at, Carson. at the LA Galaxy right. uh, stadium, but that still seats thirty thousand, yeah. right? Like that was still about half of what a normal uh, NFL stadium is. Five thousand. That's not even a third. I don't know if they'd be in that deep of conversations if they didn't already know it was okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's the Coyotes. They didn't pay their taxes for a year, (laughs) so they probably didn't ask the NHL if it was okay before they did it. But seriously, an NHL team playing in a 5,000-seat arena. And again, what did the Chargers do? One year or two years? Oh, two. Two years? This is three to four? Yeah, three to four. And by the way... Three to four. It takes. I don't think it takes that long to build an arena. What a team. Well, they don't. Take? They don't have their. They don't have any. They don't have. It's not like they're starting they, construction. Okay, today. They, don't have a deal. they don't have a plan. They don't like. They got nothing. So it could be more than three to four years if it takes them another year or two to actually get an arena deal. Start an arena. Uh, start construction on an arena. This is. Uh, it's three to four years in a five thousand seat arena. Sounds hilarious yes. to be honest. Like, what if the Coyotes are good in one of the next four years? <laughs> Oh, they'll sell their games out. Hottest like, ticket in town. Yeah. Would they really have playoff games? Oh. Can you imagine that? The Golden Knights at Arizona tonight <laughs> in front of 5,000 people. Tickets would be insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. They've been such a train wreck of a franchise. Maybe they haven't even asked. Maybe Bettman's waking up this morning to this story saying, you can't do that. We're not going to allow that 5,000 people. What are you talking about? I hope they go to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> 5,000 people. I hope they're in the Stanley Cup final playing in this arena. I wonder if they went to the Stanley Cup and the Knights weren't in it, they would come and play in T-Mobile. I wonder if they would do something like that. They'd find, a, they'd find an arena in close proximity to where their fans could come instead of going 5,000 people for a Stanley Cup final. If, if you're the Coyotes, you got to fight against that. Because the Stanley Cup's not, it's not solely played on a weekend. You, you're going to be hosting a Tuesday game, and you're saying, yeah. At 5 o'clock. Drive on up yeah. to Vegas yeah. on a yeah. Tuesday. Like, the from the NHL standpoint, yeah, you want to make them move it so you can get more than 5,000 people in the building. God, I hope they go to the Stanley Cup final. Not a lot of ice in uh, Arizona. This is Apparently the only place? Not. This is the only place? Hockey doesn't work in the desert. <laughs> no, it doesn't. We're, okay. Hypothetical, if the Golden Knights had like a arena dispute and had to find somewhere else to play, where would it be? Like where uh, else puts ice down that has like is the Orleans the second biggest Orleans ice rink? The Orleans, but yeah. what what does the Orleans hold? Like ten thousand? Is it even that big? Isn't it eight? Eight thousand? Okay, so slightly bigger than yeah. what the Coyotes are going to play at. It would be the Orleans. <laughs> it wouldn't be City National, even though they can fill that up for practice. The and DLC the, Center. It'd be great if it was the Flamingo Ice House down the street. <laughs> How, how cool would that be? <laughs> if you're at the Flamingo Ice and, and people are at that concession stands getting those slices of pizza, watching the Golden Knights against Broadcast somebody. angles are going to be a nightmare. Oh. <laughs> well, we can't see half of the ice from this camera angle, so <laughs> good luck knowing what's happening. Another, another one off the market. Bears are hiring Colts DC Matt Eberfluss as their head coach. Another one off the market. Oh, Bears made a hire? Yeah, another one off the market. Hmm. <laughs> Everforce. It sounded like you messed that up, but that's actually how it's spelled. That's a weird last name. Everfluss? Sounds like it's from a Dr. Seuss book, right? Yeah. Everfluss. All right. Colts DC. He's the new Bears coach. That doesn't sound like a good hire. I know nothing about Everfluss, but that doesn't sound like a good hire. (laughs) They're not going to be any good. They're the Bears.